Greetings, fellow Slingers. It is I, your trusted GM, Brian, welcoming you once again to another episode of our Dragon's Demand run-through. What episode? Well, I'm glad you asked. It's our after-action report. Wow, we are finally here. In a book of 64 pages, this actually marks episode 64. When we first started this AP, it started off as season six. And to give you some perspective, we just started recording our newest AP, which will be season 11. Obviously, we're counting our Delta Green seasons as well, but this is just to illustrate that we've been carrying this adventure path for quite a long time. In fact, it's been over a year. So, when we finally did wrap up the last episode of this AP, I gotta say, I think we were all a little bit, a little bit alleviated at having finally come across the finish line. Unfortunately, this last episode, not this particular one, but the one prior to this one that you're listening to now, uh, it came in around 40 minutes. Not too short, but not too long either. But the Hard Slingers brought it across the finish line nonetheless. And it was after we had finished, Ratke began asking me questions about the AP. And as I began answering them, I think I had mentioned that those questions would best be served in an after-action report for the season. But because we had only been playing that evening for a short duration, everyone still had plenty of time to record. And so we recorded the after-action report on the back end of that episode, which I split off from the main episode and what you're listening to now. So I hope everyone enjoys it. Remember, you can find us on all the major podcast apps, including Amazon and Audible. Please give us that five-star rating and review on whatever podcast app you listen to the show on. It helps out quite a bit. It really does. Don't forget to check us out on YouTube. We have a channel over there, Roll the Hard 20, and subscribe. Please don't forget, hit that little bell, man. Hit that bell. Give us that thumbs up. I mention this because I don't want you to miss the dropping of our newest AP, Bloodlords. And last, but certainly not least, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard 20 podcast Every little bit helps the show, and believe me, as the facilitator of this show, it's much appreciated whenever any of our fellow slingers out there give us a helping hand. Well, I think that about wraps everything up, so let's warm up our dice and top off our glasses. Roll the Hard 20 podcast presents The Dragon's Demand, episode 64. And to all my fellow slingers out there, enjoy. Good then. I want to. <laughs> Could we have saved? Looking for some teeth there, Heinrich. Yeah. <laughs> so was I don't know if we want to do an act after action, but could we have saved the town, Brian? No, it was not in in the story to save. Well, Damn. I don't ever want to say you couldn't do that. I, I would not say that. I would say that there would. You would have had to to leave the fight and try to get there by some means while it was still going on. Which means that you would have had to do it before it got completely dark, most likely, uh, because of the time that the fight took place being right at dusk. It it would have been a fight the whole way to town. You guys would have been running the whole way, and he would have just been strafing you the whole time. Because um, just so you know, Dempsey, had you not killed him, 
he made his roll for another breath attack. Nice. And that was coming. And the way Padre Hammerbane was lined up right behind you, you both would have had to make that save. So it was coming. I was just waiting. And he was at one point, and I was like, oh, he's still alive. And uh, yeah, you, uh, you had one more attack, and it was that last attack that killed him. I was getting ready to use my last big spell that and I had spell for too. If you look at the uh, at the initiative tracker, right mm -hmm. after you, Dempsey, is him. So had you not oh, killed shit. him, that would have been that that would have made some some sense well, like, at that point. I mean, you guys all led into that. You know, you all assisted, and like it was like the Dross fight again. I used every single trick in my book. You know, he's got all these maneuvers. I literally used every single dice I had on that, but that was badass. Dude, I thought for sure that GM was going to pull. Yeah, that's not really the dragon. Here's the dragon. No shit. Yeah. Fucking DM, man. <laughs> Always it. trying to kill us. And we'll make Blood. this the after action right now. We'll just keep going. Through it, this. it ends with like four skeletons that are just like <laughs> slowly crumbles to dust. And then the credits come over. Well, it's ironic now that we are making this the after action report. We could we could talk about a lot of things too, in how none of these characters are the original the characters. Yeah, they're they're all, <laughs> you know, they all died or, or whatnot. In fact, I think Radke, you had asked me you wanted to see the AP after the fact because you wanted to see how Heinrich what he was really like. I was like, well, he he's not in the AP. I built him as a butler, and he was going to be just a butler until. Stubby had done what he did with the Baroness, and then at that point it was, <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we cut a, we, I cut a lot off the back end of this thing because of time constraints, and we want to get the, the next PF2 AP ready, locked and loaded, and sent down range, which is going to be Bloodlord's Zombie Feast, which I'm looking forward to, but we had to bring this thing to yeah. culmination. There was a cathedral that you guys go to after going to Tula's Crypt, and it this thing had like 30 rooms. I mean, this thing could have gone on for another... 60. Oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> yep, there's Glossier. Uh, but yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I didn't want it to keep going and going and going, so we just... Uh, we I, I wanted to bring it to a culmination. And... Had we stuck with the original lineup, I still would have brought it to a, a close sooner. So, I gotta say it's hard because we're trying to make this interesting as well. So we all want to bring in some role play, and we all have backstories we want to explore. So it's like you can really make like a five thing, like whatever the the mayor's house or the the magic guy's house that we started with. I started in. It's like we probably could have done that in like four sessions, but it was just yeah. More I don't know more. about four sessions. I think that once you, because now that I see you have the AP, um, once you read it, it seems like it would go faster. But when you find Methesic locked in the cupboard, you know, he had locked himself in the in the uh, pantry, and you deal with him, and you deal with the sheer demon, and you deal with um, the uh, that other bumbling demon. That, you know, that 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 guy that yeah, was that a little upstairs. <laughs> yeah, everybody that's all the stuff that's going around. Um, and then you deal with the the guy that's up there at, at the telescope, the homunculus. Um, it could tend to draw itself out, and I don't ever want to 
have anybody not bring their backstory into something. I think that's important. So, and that's, you want to invest in your characters, especially because when you get somebody that's bloodthirsty like myself kills them, I want to see the, the pain and torture in your eyes. So. Fucking Lodo. <gasps> yeah, Lodo. Lodo. Fuck Lodo. <laughs> I was going to say, man, it's, it's interesting to me because this is Dungeons and Dragons and like the way this has evolved now, like, you know, you're in somebody's house, but it's still a dungeon and there's like traps and monsters. So it's cool to see how it's gone where, you know, it's just this old tomb. Now it's like, oh, you're in a bank, you're on a city street, you're on this, but you're still able to use the characters and put yourself into that environment. Um, I think that's super cool of the game. I think it was a good evolution, though, of the, of the genre, though, because I think that if we had kept this in a in like some underground cave and you just kept doing that, you know, whether you're fighting orcs or goblins or bandits, and then you come to the big monster, I think that would get old. It'd be very repetitive after a while. So I think that to add these... That's one thing I'll say about Paizo with their Pathfinder Adventure Paths is they've done a remarkable job with Galarian and all the all the places. I think they fleshed out a great deal of the of the world and then put these APs, which are all somehow well, they are all interconnected. Mm-hmm. So one AP leads into the next and then into the next. So they have this this rippling effect from like the Rise of the Rune Lords through the Curse of the Crimson Tide, or Curse of the Crimson Throne, to the the Star Shattered Shard, or whatever it is. You know, there's all these different that shared history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They all lead into the culmination of when they finally finished up One E. I'm sorry if I totally butchered that AP, but um. <laughs> they actually, you know, Hell's Vengeance. It's like the one where you're evil. There's like a Hell's Vengeance, and then there's another one. It's like righteous wrath wrath of the righteous yeah yeah and it like it it dovetails so you could be the good side or the bad side and depending on what you're doing it's affecting but it like it still kind of comes out the same um but i think that's fucking cool too man yeah they've done really well with it i mean it's probably no secret that i'm not a big fan of the watsy stuff as far as their adventure paths because how many times are we going to still play the same AP of Against the Giants or the the Tomb of Horrors. I mean, holy fuck, they've had like six iterations of this thing. And they keep, you know, the Sunless Citadel and all this other stuff. They keep going back and rehashing the same things. People want, they want new stuff. And I'll give, I'll give them this though. Their mechanics for 5e are incredible. They streamline fighting and combat like it's nobody's business you're not spending hours and hours adding up dice and rolling dice and you know what can you do oh i could do this 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 you know one person's turn is like 10 minutes long and they could take like 70 points of damage and like okay well i'm still up at uh 240 you know whatever you know i'm sure that's an embellishment on it but to have people that are brought back down to a more manageable level with their hit points i think is important so I want to ask Sam, how much 5e have you played? Um, 5e, I think I played a little bit with you, Brian, with uh, like a revamp of one of our old characters with Tyrannus and all that stuff, but yeah, not a lot. And um, 
what I was going to say is on the previous thing you guys were talking about, it's like actually when I play Dungeons and Dragons, I want to play the old stuff just because those were the ones that I grew up playing. I don't want to play new stuff that they make, but I do want to play new stuff that we make or that you make, Ryder, or stuff like that. Like I love, I'll, I'll take a homegrown campaign any day over the old, like or the new books that are coming out. Like I just don't have an attachment to them. You know, Ravenloft, Tomb of Horrors, where it's like, hey, I just made my character. Oh, well, he just died. That's that's pretty much Tomb of Horrors in the old days, you know. You don't have to play to have to lose a character. But yeah, I, I like those old ones, but I, I really can't get vested in the newer stuff that's coming out. I just don't have an attachment to it. Like there's too much of it. Um, if I'm going to play new, it's going to be stuff that we create, you know, as a group or, you know, you know, having the DM make a homegrown sort of campaign. Those are the fun ones to me because you don't know what to expect, you know? Yeah, we did that with uh, Riders on the Storm when we we brought you in and for the finale of season one. For That's those right, two Tyrannus parts. was in that. Yeah, that was a, that was really fun. I think that uh, kind of took people by shock because you were working with the uh, the free traders and they had they had commissioned you and the heroes so they were you guys were both kind of vying against each other and you didn't know that but you played that really well just like you did heinrich yeah they had how many episodes to do it and here i am i'll cut up with you <laughs> dragon breath <laughs> but i mean we had a quite a few i guess character deaths or whatnot um i think when nick had bowed out we just i just wrote his character out because i think you guys had just got out of hunclay's manor and so I, I just made that as a good time where we just he just went off in his other direction we brought radke on board and he settled right in we had a really good time with that and flint was the next person on the chopping block unfortunately who died from the oh, sheer demon yeah <laughs> so how'd you feel about that junior dying dying to a eh. demon it sucks but it gives you that pucker effect to let you know that you know the consequences are real see and i like that attitude because it's true um i know that with a lot of the the 5e ap's i think that they're they're less lethal whereas i think that like dragon's demand which is a standalone uh, episode or standalone book it doesn't it's not part of a six book compilation or whatever it has a lot that that could really wipe you out just like the six book ones do too and i see how they gradually increase with with their difficulty you know you come on board and first thing they want you to do is they want you to go and explore this this collapsed tower and of course you meet a few things in there solve a few puzzles and it's a little dangerous but you're still first level and second level then you know you work your way up to the to the Kabul tribe and the quarry and stuff and then i think they did really good with their uh with their milestones as far as leveling people up but yeah when you went against the sheer demon i mean <clears throat> yeah, that was like our first a... big big boss so. yeah he was he was definitely a mini boss mini boss so i keep i always think about you licking the fucking thing with the and you were putting the poison on the, the but like in the yeah. role play you did i'm like god damn he's really getting into this <laughs> but you, you told me later like because he was putting poison from his mouth on the thing and I was yeah like, he's oh. licking yeah. the the three prongs of the trident which each had a propensity to attack like you could when he would roll he'd roll three attacks and you know two of them may miss you only get may get nailed with one prong but if you get nailed with three you know that's 
I think that's what ended up happening with with Flint at the time. I had to listen to the archive, but yeah, he got got downed and then got licked and sticked. <laughs> that would have been a good title for that. Hard, one. yep. Lick, <laughs> Lick him and stick him. That's just a good Saturday night, my friend. That's <laughs> Heinrich's last name, Lichtenstick. <laughs> Same as the town that he is from. Yeah. You know, then we we evolved, not just through Hunkley's Manor and you guys going through and bringing Flint's body back, but then uh, one of our characters, Stabi, had a problem with the Baroness, and she said she wasn't going to pay for Flint's funeral and. And Stubby thought she should have, and that evolved into something that got blown out of proportion. And I think that's when we really started seeing Heinrich come to the front of like this guy isn't just uh, the old stupid. Um, what, what's what's the name of the butler on Archer? Woodhouse. Woodhouse. That's originally how I envisioned him was being that old decrepit man. You know. Yeah. There you go. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> very, but, uh, very good, sir. For the people at home, Chris just stood up and he's actually wearing an archer shirt. That's Beautiful awesome. shirt. Too. He's not wearing any pants though. Yes, it's like a dicky. We saw his wounds. But you know, when when the Baroness's son's name was Arnold, so I was like, well, he's got to have that kind of accent, and then so should she. And of course, she would only feel comfortable with having a Heinrich, who is also from the fatherland, working the in the. Yeah, and but then his so mother you, was also from France. That's why the accent slips in and out in the previous episode. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I just really wanted him to uh, to be more than what he was once that came across. And then I think that led us up to one of my favorite episodes when we had the battle on three fronts, which of course Stabi didn't make that one. And somebody was kind enough to point out that I think that perhaps he might have survived that had. Uh, had worn not stayed so far back and actually had come to help but that's obviously that's in the past we had a I, listener say that i i like the idea though of, <clears throat> of not just having a fear of death in combat but having fear and death of your actions and that's, that's what true. stab that's what stabby i mean obviously he died ultimately in combat but it was the, the cause and effect of it is that he freaking called the Baroness out. Yeah, and he did. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. And I like the idea of if you're going to RP that character, it should be to that character's convictions and backstory. And and yeah, you may lose a character out of it, but it's good for the it's good for the role play. It's good for the adventure path to take it more than just slogging through you know, a dungeon, it's like intrigue, you know, it, it's, it's almost like a, uh, almost soap opera-ish. A little political <laughs> in there. Yeah. Think, think what a cool story it is for this group. If ever they were to find out about Heinrich, that he was the one that did that. Yeah. You know, Cause they currently, they don't know. They weren't there. They didn't see him. So yep. it, what would, what kind of betrayal would that be after they fought with him with the dragon? And some whatever their adventure shit. will be, yeah. yeah, whatever their adventure will be traveling to, you know, and then after that, what if they find out? That's just. Well, it oh could be God. a whole nother, it could Fun be story. a, yeah, it could be a whole nother fork of, right, of the story with, well, that's with why Heinrich. I always ask you guys to hang on to your character sheets too, in case we want to bring them back. But Dempsey and Valadir mm -hmm. were the only ones that, 
that you know were involved with the fight and father hammerbane was with the rest of the town watching this whole thing unfold but heinrich wasn't built as a tank he was just built to do damage it would not have taken much to to take him down <laughs> he was he was a daisy or a tulip or you know a, a pedal in the wind i was so afraid he was gonna get one claw and it's just yeah <laughs> i mean he doesn't have a lot of ac He'd, he could do damage but but that's really about it it's like um, the old uh D D wizards at first level they would have oh, yeah. one to four hit points and a oh, cat Lord. scratch would do one to four hit points yeah. <laughs> die from a cat scratch and not the cool ted nugent song cat scratch fever like yeah nope one hit point oh, i'm dead so when when you think about that i mean one-on-one it would have been a good fight. Two against Heinrich, there would have been no fight. All, all that required from Stebby was one of two things. Either have an assistant or have some help there, or two, actually hit him because you kept missing. Oh, my rolls that, were horrible. That was the worst part. Was I think you, you did web twice out of the wand, yeah. and his they miss was enough to get him out. Uh, but other than that... You know, and then when Stubby had ran out into the clearing and got blasted in the back, you know, the writing was on the wall at that point. And then that led you guys to to look for the rest of uh, Hung Clay's hidden cave, where you didn't, where you eventually found his shit there and got <laughs> got pretty much lit up there. That was nice. And then you met Clossier and then went to the auction and then had the, the huge battle in the auction and everything. And at any time I kept wondering if somebody was going to die and you guys kept going strong. And then you guys got to the realization that after a lot of the townsfolk had died, including Arnold and some other major players that we were starting to get into the, into the end of this AP and that there were several weapons at Tula's crypt. And that's what you guys could either go to the crypt or you could go to the garrison where the dragon was supposed to be waiting for you to bring the gold and whatnot. You guys chose to go to the crypt, which was, it doesn't necessarily say it in the AP, but that is the correct direction to go first is to go to the crypt because you really want those weapons like that, uh, that arrow that Heinrich had fired Oh, that was the, amazing. The, the sword yeah. was badass, man. <clears throat> yeah, the sword's Talking about 12, plus 12 to attack. I mean, I was using a lot of stuff, but these dice rolls weren't that good. No, and that's the thing. It's It was meant for you guys to actually give yourselves a fighting chance to hit the dragon because you're going to be taking a lot of damage. Let's say um, at one point, Sam hit, uh, he had like a 21. What was that thing's AC? Well, the AC was, was 20. 20, okay. Yeah, the AC was 20, uh, and th this is the problem when you're converting something from Pathfinder over into 5e. You have to find the median that gives you almost the same thing in the Pathfinder, but yet doesn't overpower them like as a 5th level or 6th level character, and Pathfinder is significantly more powerful than 1 in 5th edition, although not by far. So you got to find, you got to strike the balance of, okay, well, how much can somebody really do damage and what's their AC? And you want to make sure that your, your villain isn't so powerful that it's just delivering all this damage to where the characters, the, you know, the, the PCs can't withstand it or can't get out of their way. And that was when you guys went into Tula's Crypt uh, and we lost our last individual. Uh, <laughs> 
when you guys were fighting against Arturic and his minions, his his whites that were in there. That was still a doable fight. All you had to do was kill Arturic. The whites would have stood down. <clears throat> Unfortunately, when you try to undermine an AP by by being part of the AP's backstory, so you can metagame it, that's where you run into problems because eventually you're going to run into somebody who doesn't like the dead NPC that put them in a crypt. And so the metagame didn't pay that. off at that point. What's that, brother? Having the hatred for the bloodline. Yeah, and that's what it was. You know, there's a whole backstory that's in the AP that talks about Tula and Arturk's relationship and what happened and with their kids. Now, I, I modified it slightly because I always like my NPCs to... My NPCs. Yeah, yeah. I always like them to kind of have a bit of a uh, alternative streak where they're not so altruistic that they're so good that you think that they're they're great. I always want them to be a little bit bad in the sense that how they got there, they might have had to step on a few people, but you don't see that because now they're standing head and shoulders of every, above everybody else. I think everybody in you know that's in a political position like that Shit. has that. Look at any CEO of any company. They're well, not the nicest people, you know what I mean? Well, They've that's what I'm saying. Throats. I wanted that, sure. too. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, she, was, she wasn't bad, but she did go insane, and she caused a lot of problems along the line. And so Arturk just wasn't going to have it if he ever got a chance to, to deal with the Belhaim. You know, and he died first, so he didn't get that opportunity. Well, look at, look at who's in his house now. So, yeah. I also read somewhere that, you know, Arturic was sleeping with Tula's sister. So, I mean, that added a little extra fire to the flame. He locked them up, man. <laughs> Tula, Tula liked it, though. She was good with it. But... We were just talking about challenging the players. And again, the kids game I run. I throw everything but the kitchen sink at these kids. And it takes a lot in 5e to kill people. It does. It's hard. Just have Ryder GM and they'll be dead in a minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and I I don't like to, to beat it to death, but it's like I was accused of being this malicious um, DM who, who thrives in the death of player characters. And that's not true at all. I just don't want you guys to feel like, well, that wasn't a big deal. You know, that wasn't... That was a walk in the park, that, that battle. We just basically spent two hours just together because we didn't even need to roll dice I, that's not what this is about i mean you guys have to you guys got to feel good that you killed that fucking green dragon i mean holy yeah. shit and you got to feel bad that you didn't kill our turk you know there's well, there's got to be stakes there you got to enjoy that yeah, shit. i don't know the dragon didn't seem that tough to me i shot him with one arrow and <laughs> fucking basically he gave up you know no big deal yeah he, yeah, he gave up <laughs> <laughs> he turned tail and went invisible that was a fun fight man i just wish i could see yeah. the cinematic you know it's like i always see these things as we're playing it it's like a cartoon i just i mean because that whole thing would have been it was it's what four rounds that would have been like 24 seconds boom 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 was it no i thought it was Maybe, maybe a few five, more, maybe rounds? four rounds tonight, but there was rounds last episode four. too. It was maybe. So even if it was tens, that's like a minute. So in real life, man, that would have just been like a freaking Jackie Chan movie. Something's flying in, something's throwing, you know, you got a ladder and somebody's spinning around and like 
these fights when you break them down it takes us four hours to do it but it's it's over like that yeah and you gotta imagine we'll spend time with your turn or junior's turn sammy's turn chris's turn but every turn is you know every round is six seconds you know including the the bad guys are going so all this stuff is is like moving synchronous synchronous help me sammy Synchronicity. Synchronized. 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 <laughs> Synchronized. Gonna keep Sammy on board just to keep me straight. Um, Synchronizactly. Because you know I ain't straight. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I, I want to keep this going. I really have to pee. So can I just come right back? I'm sorry. Just sure, get a bottle, dude. I know. I'm gonna pull a Dumb and Dumber. Oh my God, he's actually grabbing a bottle right now, listeners. Killing those headphones. He's just uh, muting it though. <laughs> I, I really enjoyed acorn. the. Uh, the tactics that was observed on the battlefield that was kind of cool how you know as soon as the dragon started using breath weapons we kind of were like oh let's not bunch up for this thing yeah in fact when you guys had first come out of the crypt and met with heinrich and everything and everybody was was bunched up the way you guys were you guys even separated a little because where he went in the initiative order he was last so I let you guys make all your moves and stuff, but you guys still stayed on a on a on a line. And I was like, okay, well, this breath weapon is going to hit everybody. Everybody make a save. You know, instead of you, if you guys had moved out of the way, you know, because it comes out as, at a cone, so you really would have had a, but it still had so much distance where it would it was going to hit everybody. So when you guys got off the line, when he came around after doing that breath again. There was no way he was going to hit you guys. He would hit maybe maybe two max, which was coming at the last, very last. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, would, I would echo what, what Junior said about the battlefield tactics. Because I remember I during the after action we did with Battle on Three Fronts, I made a comment that, <clears throat> you know, Stabby was off on his own and nobody knew where he was. That the rest yeah. of the that the rest of the the party, there was like little battlefield tactics that nobody had any situational awareness of where anybody was on the battlefield. But in this last fight, to, to your point, Junior, it's like everybody seemed to know kind of where everybody was. And and we were getting to that point where we were kind of fanning out, but I mean that that fight happened so fast with that dragon. Yeah. It's like we Especially had with the weapon changes and yep. everything else it was just great that Tactics was pretty cinematic everyone. i mean you saw dempsey running over grabbing the arrow giving it to heinrich and then you see validator dropping the sword and moving back and pulling out this thing and then dempsey's securing the sword and heinrich's firing the arrow and just all these things are just that's happening really fast it, you guys actually had better tactics in this fight than I think in any of the other fights. I mean, it's, I've, I, it's probably no question that I have huge disdain for why one of the most powerful uh, PCs stayed like 300 feet away from that Drosk fight. While everyone else was, was up front. I've never understood that, you know, especially when Stubby goes off in the forest by himself and it just, none of that made sense to me. I think that focus fire, in my opinion, is one of the best tactics, which means that you, more than one person has to be dropping somebody. I mean, I gotta understand staying true to, to your honor and dealing with Drosk one-on-one, -on -one, 
but there should have been multiple people on those on his two buddies with the the war ape that just should have been that should have been the case well i think I when heinrich joined you know his natural leadership charisma and just all around you know good looks mm -hmm. naturally had everybody just kind of fall in line and said oh let's do what heine does it was yeah. the German uh, accent, really. They, you they mean just the subconsciously brought it up. French, Russian, I drifted into. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of I'd, Cajun in there. Dude, I'd be, yeah. <laughs> a little yeah, Creole. Yeah. <laughs> a little Creole. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I'd be talking, doing, I'm trying to, all right, we get to German. And then Junior would, yeah, so now we do this. And then now Heinrich is talking like this. And then Dempsey mm, has talking them. like this. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. Chris uh, is just watching us like we're all morons. Yeah, but he stayed in character the whole time. Bro, and I love it. Tommy will do you know it's like right on. I know who's talking if I'm listening. <laughs> and that's good. You know, that's that's always one of the things that I, I never force anybody to get into character or to say I will do this or rather than say that okay, well Heinrich is going to go you know, I I always prefer that because I think it it really bleeds in deep to the immersion effect that we we try to have when we have people try to listen to the show i think that that's that's cool that's important if you guys I have bring a it, habit of cool. staying in it a little too long when i'm asking like dm questions and so <laughs> so how do we do this here brian come on man here here you are here you are. tell me see uh, don't break character say it's i love the it. language i understand but that's hard as a player though is is separating the rp of of the game and and stepping away and asking like technical questions yeah. and and moving in and out of that voice. I mean, that, that takes a skill all out of in itself. And if you're describing things too, like at the very end, I wanted to describe um, what everyone saw of Heinrich. I didn't want to do it in his voice. Like he's describing it to the, the listeners. It's like- He's just monologuing. Uh, yeah. Walking out <laughs> and now I will go through the door and I will open it, you watch. Um, the bad part is the Baron is still owed money. <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> Will I be getting my check soon? I bet that bank would be super easy to rob now if we wanted to. Uh, all the melted gold in one big pile. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Just, Just chisel off a few pieces. It's like, well, guys, uh, what about coin. all that Electrum pieces? Nah, we don't want those. No one uses those. <laughs> Too heavy. So. Even though Dragon's Man went probably longer than I wanted it to go, I think that uh, we did a fairly decent job of wrapping it up, keeping characters alive, and, and still having a good time playing it. Uh, glad Sammy was able to join us. Yeah, thanks for letting me jump episode. in at the yeah. end, dude. I appreciate it. Thanks, well, Heartstringers. Well, no, I gotta get your chops back on you, man, because you're uh, you're jumping in as as on our new AP Bloodlords. What's your character's name? Khan the Monk. And so when everyone really... does well, they go con. And when I screw up, they go con. And then when I fail, I go con. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Junior. You're welcome, bud. <laughs> Vimo his fucking payment for that yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> check, check your PayPal. Man. I, I said earlier today. She's got a text. <laughs> confirmation of funds have been message. put in your account for laughing at stupid joke and he's looking at it, he's like how am i going to pull out one gold doubloon <laughs> is it like like a bitcoin <laughs> well we're definitely going to be implementing the gold doubloons in blood lords so i look forward to that as well 
Anybody else have anything else they want to add about the AP uh, before we call it and pull the plug on tonight? Thank you for all the listeners listening. Yeah, thank you for fun. spending time with us. Thank you, GM, for running yeah. us through 62 episodes of of cra- 63. craziness. <laughs> 63. Sorry. I couldn't keep track. You know, tears, jeers, you know, good times, bad times. Well, ironically, this after action report will be episode 64, and there are 64 pages in this adventure path. So that's sure you don't want to do five, five more, week. get to the magic number. Uh, uh, we'll do a little epilogue. I personally want to thank all of you listeners out there for enjoying the show. My fellow slingers, thank you for this wonderful journey that you've managed to stick with to the end and hopefully you're listening to this episode because it means you listened to it to the end and that we didn't just drone on to the point where we bored the living shit at you or made you yell into your own headset that these fucking morons don't know what they're doing with the rules and the mechanics and what is this role play and who's this stabby why would he hold the knife to the baroness and why is Heinrich with a German accent now talking like blah, 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 do not say blah, 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 and all these other wonderful things. Um, but I want to thank you all for listening and stay tuned for Blood Lords Zombie Feast. Because we look forward to running that next. We have ourselves a hard slinger panel right here, and that's what we're going with. Hell, I will see you soon. We will. Thank you for joining us once again on Roll the Hard 20 Podcast. Remember, you can find us and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Podcasts, and Audible. And if you like what you're listening to, leave us that five-star rating and review. We have also have a YouTube channel at Roll the Hard 20, so if you're into watching, head on over and hit that subscribe bell. We can also be found in the wild on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, so don't forget to look for us there and check us out. You can also contact the show directly at RollTheHard20Podcast at gmail.com or head on over to the website at RollTheHard20Podcast.com where you can download the current show directly, pick and choose past shows from our archives, or view our galleries. We've got a lot of stuff posted there, so check us out. And finally... Join us on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash rollthehard20podcast where you can become a hard slinger and pick up swag. So until next session, keep your dice warm and your glass topped off as you roll those hard 20s.